You're listening to Home Business Profits with Ray Higdon, where Ray shares tips and strategies for how to become a top earner in your company. Let's get into the episode. Hey, hey, what is up? What's happening? Super excited to be on here. Um, we're going to talk about something that is just so, so, so needed with an absolute rock star. We're going to talk about unshakable faith uh, with my special guest here today. Really excited. Um, it's going to be super, super cool. I want to make sure you guys are, are ready for this because this is a dynamic individual. This is someone that you're going to absolutely fall in love with. And we're super excited to have him uh, speaking at our event, uh, we're honored to uh, have picked, you know, every year we pick a different charity. And uh, this year we have picked his and we want to talk about that. Let me just introduce you to him. Uh, I imagine for most of you, you you may not, unless you're a Hollywood A-list celebrity, you may not know this guy. Um, but uh, all the uh, A-listers in Hollywood do. And uh, so I'm, I'm it's going to be a Interesting and cool interview for sure. And so uh, the gentleman I'm about to bring on here is a sports and celebrity agent who at the age of 20 sold a company and become an industry leader in private autograph signings for sports and celebrity memorabilia with athletes and celebrities. And we're talking A-list celebrities. We're talking about Muhammad Ali, Hulk Hogan, Pele, Joe Montana, Carmen Electra, and Jenny McCarthy. Have you heard of any of those guys? Um, he's worked closely with Magic Johnson, Smokin' Joe Frazier, Dennis Rodman, Pamela Anderson, Chevy Chase, and a whole lot more. His company, the Prince Marketing Group, has negotiated over $200 million in deals and currently secures marketing deals, product endorsement, voiceovers, and much more. And this guy, just I mean, he's just an incredible dude. He's been able to continuously reinvent himself and has been featured in outlets such as Your World with Neil Cavuto, The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch, CNN's Anderson Cooper 360, Hannity and Combs, ESPN, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, New York Post, USA Today, Forbes Sports Money, On the Record with Greta Van Susteren. Okay, I don't know that one, I'll be honest. Howard Stern Radio, CNBC, The Closing Bell, and a variety of others for his marketing expertise. So this guy works with the you know top of the top of the top in the in the food chain of, of celebrity and influence. And he also has a huge heart for giving back. And today we're going to welcome him on. We're going to talk about unshakable faith. Please help me welcome Darren Prince. Darren, what's going on? Hey, man. Thanks, Troy, for the <laughs> intro. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Super, super cool. And so, I mean, I shared, you know, some of the, you know, different, you know, highlights. Um, you know, what, what do people need to know? What, what did I leave out? What do they need to know? Um, I think the most important part, I know, you know, most fan bases and audience get drawn into the celebrity life and the icons sure. and the superstars. But I truly found my calling in life from uh, uh, my, my, my purpose turned uh, out from my pain, as I like to say it. I was a 24-year uh, opiate addict. Highly functioning wow. up into the last few years, and on uh, July second, two thousand and eight, suicidal after multiple overdoses, mm. um, the top of the sports and entertainment industry. I found what really mattered most, and able uh, to spread that message of the world. Um, it's been the biggest blessing of my life, you know, one day at a time, as I continue on this spiritual sober journey. Wow, man, that's that's incredible. So, like. Look, you know, looking back, is there any, you know, advice that you would, you know, give to your, 
you know, when you're going through all that, is there any advice that would have been helpful to you? It's, it's such a great question because it comes up all the time. Any interview that I do, anytime I speak, um, and I have uh, my dear friend Landre in town actually is a high, high level spiritual healer and frequency. And he came by last night to do a session. And there's always, I think every one of us, no matter where you are in life, there's always room for improvement, to evolve, to yeah. become better, to attract better energy, manifest more. So I'm always working on myself in the self-improvement department. But for me, you know, I had a great loving mother and father. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother probably gave me, if this makes sense, a little too much love, overwhelming love that caused me such extreme anxiety when I was away from my family. And on top of it, I was classified with the learning disability growing up, put in small classrooms, and I was verbally teased, and I never spoke up about it. And mm -hmm. I think that combination made me feel so uncomfortable, so insecure, so not sure of myself and not comfortable with my own skin. And uh, it was just a perfect storm and recipe for, for disaster and, and, and a drug addict and substance abuse abuser in the making. And that's what happened at 14 years old at sleepaway camp. Wow. Wow. Um, interesting. I mean, it's so interesting. Usually it's, you know, father beat me, mom, was, you know, someone wasn't around. Right. But you, you're like, Hey man, I had loving, I had loving, loving parents. What, I mean, you feel like some of that teasing that that's what hit you with the self-worth and you try to the teasing and not speaking up about it. You know, I, I love speaking to high school kids now in grammar school. Cause I, you know, everybody knows what's going on with social media bullying and, you know, yeah. there was no social media or internet back then in the eighties, but of course, because, I think at any age, um, you know, you keep your circle tighter as you get older because you realize, right, that there's, you know, we're lucky to have five people. They say, I can, God, honestly, thank you. Um, I can honestly say I've got probably 10 or a little bit more. Um, but most of us are reinforcing positivity in one another, you know, not name calling each other. I mean, yeah, maybe once in a while, you know, can be out playing golf or dinner and, break balls or whatever it might be. But especially at those developmental years, when you're hearing derogatory words and name calling, it's going into your core somewhere and it's being stored into your heart, into your soul, into your brain. So when it's repeated, slowly but surely in those 12, 13, 14, 15 year old time period, it, it, you're, you're believing what you're hearing because it's going into your subconscious and you're not speaking out about it because of the shame and the embarrassment. Yeah. So if, if some, let's say I, I bet I'm willing to bet that there are parents on here right now that have kids that are either being bullied or being picked on any advice you give them the, the parent and you know, how can they show up differently to their kid help them with confidence or, or, or what would you suggest? I, I think it's easy enough to sit down and talk to your kids, not just about that, but substance abuse about both of them. Um, what, what is it that you don't feel comfortable about telling us about being ver uh, verbally teased or physically bullied or whatever might be going on? Because again, that can cause, that's trauma. There's different levels of trauma. Sure. And, and that could totally create an introverted person an abusive person that can pass that pattern along once they got older, bigger, stronger. Um, 
you know, passive aggressive, combative, like all the emotional disorders that come because you're not comfortable in speaking up about it. And with substance abuse and addiction, alcoholism and everything that's out there, I think it's just an honest conversation because kids are tempted to try anything nowadays. And the reality is if you were like me and you had to put something in your system to fit in, ask the question to your kids, why? Why? You know, what can we do to fill that void? What can we do to help you? Because Mm. you don't need to go down this road. Right. So how how does someone develop unshakable faith? Unshakable faith came during the second half of my life after recovery. And um, it's just been unbelievable how God works in my life. I mean, so I'll tell you about my bottom and how it all happened was July 1st. uh, I was at my wit's end. My late uncle and his then girlfriend were visiting my mother, uh, his sister in New Jersey, and they paid a surprise visit to my condo at the time. And my office wanted me to go to rehab. We didn't know what to do. My ego is too big. I can't do it. I'm too busy. And when is this? July 1st? This was July 1st, 2008. 2008. Okay. And I tried to get sober a couple years earlier in 12-step meetings. It didn't work. But this woman, my uncle's girlfriend, I never met, walked into my condo with him. And she just said, are you okay? And for whatever reason, Ray, I never met her before I opened up. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she's like, what's wrong? And I told her. I told her everything. And um, she goes, do you realize you're an addict? Your life is unmanageable. I said, mm-hmm. And she goes, do you realize that you're powerless and you have a disease? I said, yes. And she goes, do you realize all this? And she started looking at all the photos of me and my clients and the, the big superstars. doesn't mean anything because you don't mean anything to yourself. You know, and that broke my soul and I started to cry. And with that, my first God shot happened. I call them GMCs, God Managed Coincidence, who reached into our pocket and said, I know you don't know enough about me, but I just celebrated five years sober. Here's my coin. Are you want to do anything it takes to get sober? I said, anything. And um, she put me on a detox. It was about 24 hours later, July 2nd, 2008. And I was coming off a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm lucky I didn't have a stroke. I don't suggest it to anybody from Suboxone, which is an opiate blocker, ambient sleeping medication, Xanax, still drinking a couple of days a week, a mood stabilizer, antidepressants. And I call them up, flipping out. I can't do it. You know, I'm calling the damn doctor. I got to get what I got to get. And as I was hanging up the phone, I hear my uncle say, you need to get yourself to a 12-step spiritual meeting. You got to put your hands up and tell these people you're sick and suffering. It's enough already of this behavior. I've been living this way since a teenager. And I said, I can't go to those stupid meetings. I can't identify with those people. And locked myself in the bathroom as my then wife. I was married at the time. I was banging on the door. Baby, don't do it. Don't do it. Because she was part of other overdoses. And so hard I was trying to just get 24 hours and I'm going through the medicine cabinet to get whatever non-narcotic anxiety pills to help me with the detox pain and out came two Vicodins in one of my hands which was one of the three opiates I was addicted to now we knew we cleaned out every medicine cabinet the night before we spent two hours going through every cabinet so how these wound up there I have no idea so for a minute it seemed like a gift from God that I got exactly what I needed now I can get the relief and he had other plans. I, I, I had the gift of desperation for the first time in my life. I fell on my knees and I screamed out, take the money, take the business, take the notoriety. If you can give me a single day of freedom and take me out of hell, I'll do the same. Mm-hmm. And um, first time in my life, I never had a white light moment since. 
But before my right shoulder caught on fire and I heard a voice say, I've got you and you're ready. And I stood up and I flushed those pills in me. And then he took me to the computer and I found a 12-step meeting on this gorgeous summer night. I'm in a taxi cab. It was before Uber in New York City on July 2nd, 2008, looking up at the sky saying, oh, my God, I wanted to stay sober more than I wanted to get high. And I walked into this church basement with upwards of 200 addicts and alcoholics who are once of a hopeless state of mind. And they asked, is anybody new suffering coming back? And this hand went right up. You know, I I know he raised it because he was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And Mm -hmm. about a dozen spiritual brothers and sisters came over to me. And for the first time in my life, I was hearing things and feeling a part of something and Mm -hmm. identifying and realizing what these people were saying was me. I do that. I think this way. But... You know, I learned about the five A's, attitude adjustment, accountability, acceptance, and action. These people told me that, you know, stick with the winners, that if I want what they have, I got to do what they do. And most importantly, they said, keep showing up, that we will love you before you ever learn how to love yourself. And I've had so many faith moments where it's all just about the belief. And I think everybody has that in them if you have that mindset, whether it's God, Jesus, a higher power, whatever it might be for that person. You know, that's not up for me to decide. Um, But we have to understand there's a bigger being that's brought us all here, kept us all here, kept us safe. You know, that little belief that things could have gone all wrong for us, a loved one, a family member. And I've had it. I, I, I've had some of those mind-blowing moments that, uh, and I still am to this day. I mean, literally to this day. On Saturday, I'm on the phone with my spiritual healer. We're talking about frequency. And I saw um, a woman in the lobby that worked at a frequency place down in Malibu. And um, she, uh, she no longer works there. And I was with my other buddy that has his own center on Thursday telling me he was looking for somebody. I just connected them. I mean, I believe that... When you're so dialed in, when you're in a place of service and giving, you see these moments. You know, my dad passed on two in 2017, in uh, when was it? Uh, February 15, 2017, and I'm literally in Montreal on the phone with my sober sponsor. Uh, nine years sober, beautiful. Nine and a half years that he had a sober son back for nine and a half years. And I'm on the phone with my sober sponsor heading to a 12-step meeting church in Montreal. And he says to me, you know, God, your, dad, your dad was so proud of you. He goes, I'll never forget when he came over to me and said, thank you for giving me our son back before you spoke at one of our galas. Mm. And I said, Steve, I'm about to walk into the meeting. Give me a second. As I turn the corner, the street, Martin Lane. My father's name is Martin Prince. Wow. I mean, I have dozens of stories like that. Right. And uh, I just think it's a, it's a belief system and it's understanding there's a power greater than ourselves and it's not us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it's, I know I've had this, it's common to, you know, forget your, whatever you want to call them, God winks. Right. Um, you know, I know, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, gave my life to God eight or eight or nine months ago now. Uh, and didn't grow up in the church or anything like that. But I remember asking for a sign back in 2000 and like probably six, I was at a church in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And 
my buddy says, hey, we're going to go to church. I'm like, uh, I don't go to church. I don't, I don't go to church. And, uh, and, and honestly, looking back, it's like, why didn't I? It's because I didn't feel like I fit in. I felt like everyone was fake. And I don't know. I just, I just, had, I just had this you know, nature of, I, I just didn't like it. And, um, and so on, he talks me into it. He's like, ah, come on, come on. All right, fine. And so on the way there in the car, I think, God, if you're real, I want to hear the word water buffalo, right? You're in Michigan, pretty unlikely. We go there for the first time in church history. They have a visiting pastor from India who tells the story of a stubborn water buffalo. And, and I'm just like, and I tell, I tell my buddy afterwards and he's like, oh, oh praise the Lord. You know, hallelujah. like he's, he's freaking out. He's like, Ray's life has been changed. I didn't do anything. Yeah. I asked for a sign. I got it in a funny way, in an amazing way. Didn't do anything. And and I actually forgot about that story for a long time. And and so, you know, the belief, the belief in a higher power, the belief in that we're not, you know, the only things out here, right? And um, so good for you for for remembering that, right? For remembering that this wasn't me. And and there's been you know lots of times where, where I've experienced that. Um, so what I, I am curious, cause I, cause there's a lot of different, I've heard all kinds of different words and definitions and things. What do you actually consider faith? Like what, like that word, what is that? What does that mean to you? To, to me, my definition of faith is a belief system that everything is going to work out the way that it's meant to work out. Mm. I'm not perfect at calming my anxiety. I'm way better than I've ever been. Um, I now have tools and techniques to calm the noise down between my two ears because I know I'm not responsible for my thoughts, but I am responsible for how long I want to think those thoughts. And that allows mm -hmm. me when I'm out of my own head, helping others in any aspects of life, it doesn't even need to be mental health or substance abuse that allows me to stay in a more serene, peaceful place to stay along the lines of faith versus yeah. getting out of sense of self. And yeah. even when things don't go right, it's having that faith that this was exactly the way it was meant to happen. That if this business opportunity or experience that we're looking to get done happens, great. If it doesn't happen, life is still going to be great. Um, I think it's the perspective and the perception change on almost everything that happens in my life. I believe that's another way that I stay dialed into my faith. You know, so there's tools and techniques that keep me connected there. And there are days or times I miss a few meetings. You know, there's a lot of traveling, time differences, nonstop at the business. As much as I try to put this first, or sometimes it's just impossible working for some of the celebrities do when they all love and appreciate and admire what I've done. But there's just times I have other responsibilities. And if I'm off that beam for two, three days, even after 15 or sober, I, I can fall out of a place of faith. But I know how to reel myself back in. I think just like recovery, I think um, unshakable faith to me is a daily reprieve. Just mm -hmm. because you had it yesterday, it doesn't mean you're going to wake up on Thursday and it's still going to be there. You still got to put in the work. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, so tell me, so what, like the, 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 the big thing that um, at least, you know, for us is a big deal is every year we pick a different charity. And, um, you know, we've helped with 
you know, March of Dimes, we funded a hospital wing, we've helped with, uh, you know, fight human trafficking, we've helped with, uh, you know, raising money for um, medical research. And uh, tell us a little bit about because I was very touched by your your charity. Tell us a little bit about your charity. How, how did it get started, first of all? And, uh, and what is it? And I'll tell you some incredible stories. Thank you again for that, by the way, because yeah. we need all the support we can get. So my book, I was very blessed to write a international sell, international best-selling memoir, my book, Aiming High, back in 2018. And I started doing a lot of keynotes, You know, started working with different keynote speakers, realized I had to kind of like master it a little bit more and be serious about it. Because to me, you know, I'm not there to motivate. I'm there to save lives. Very different. I need to make sure anytime I'm speaking, being interviewed, that I'm feeling God's energy and presence through me. Um, right. And for somebody that's difficult to stay in that moment, I had to work on that within myself. And I started getting these incredible mind-blowing moments, especially during the Q&A portion when I was done speaking, where I, I would have teenagers, I would have adults put their hand up and literally have a moment of clarity right in front of me, hundreds wow. or even thousands of people that they needed help. And I said to myself, wow, what, what a God-given gift this is. But what I need to do is I need to align myself more with a lot of treatment centers. But because of that, I'm also going to need funding. And how incredible will it be where a man, a woman, a teenager puts their hands up? They're not in a position financially to get the treatment that they need. But I could say young man or young woman, we're going to put you on an airplane tonight or put you in an Uber. Uh, treatment center in this state or that state's going to get you a bed and, and, and send you there for a month or two to get the life that you've always deserved. And we're going to take care of it. And I had a couple of those moments and um, I've had so many experiences. I'm not sure if I told you when we spoke, but two, I told two quick things and then I, I want to yeah. hear the experiences. One, I did put a link to your book, uh, to your book on Amazon in the comments and um, and two, hit that like button if you're loving this story. This is an incredible story. Hit that like button if this is resonating with you, if this is inspiring you. You know, here Darren is, you know, just living that mantra I've been talking about for so many years. And that's help the person you used to be. And here he is doing it. And so go ahead. Well, you were talking about. So, and I told the story on Jay Shetty's podcast. He's a dear friend of mine. I, I made a contribution to Oaks Recovery probably about three years ago to scholarship a few people from my foundation and they wanted me to come speak. And I was like, can you, can you please scholarship? Uh, this was an all men's uh, division. So I was like, can you please scholarship the three men about a month or so or a few weeks before I get there? Because to me, it'll be so much more rewarding seeing that they're not like in that early detox period. And maybe they have a little bit of a foundation. They said, that's a great idea. We'll do that. You'll get to meet them that night. I spoke to about 500 men. When I was done, this you know, middle-aged guy, probably late 30s, early 40s, comes over to me. And he said, thank you, Darren. And I was like, you, you enjoyed the, the keynote and the Q&A? He goes, that was tremendous, but I got to thank you for something else. About 45 days ago, I was found dead on the side of the road of Massachusetts Turnpike from an opiate overdose. And Narcon saved my life. And it was my third offense. And the judge wanted to put me in prison for a couple of years, but the prosecutor fought and said, this gentleman has young kids, your honor. Can we please try to get him into a treatment center? 
and the treatment center at the state-run facility in Massachusetts didn't have a bed. So the prosecutor got the number to the Oaks Recovery Place in South Carolina that said, we just got a grant from the Amy High Foundation. Wow. We can put him on the plane and get him here. He holds up his phone in tears as he's shaking and said, because of you, Darren, these two wow. beautiful little girls, my kids, they're going to have a father. They're going to have a chance at life. Wow. And that, that's what it's about. I mean, wow. I've had so many mind-blowing stories with parents and their kids. I had it uh, a couple months ago, as I told their good friend Tom Chanel, that uh, yeah. guy messaged he's, he's me on, on Instagram. A guy messaged me on Instagram, legitimately made it public. I'm in desperate need of help. Please DM me. I'm struggling. Very commendable to be able to do that in a public setting. I DM'd him, and 48 hours later, I had him on the plane to wow. rehab, and his, and his kids are leaving me Instagram voicemail messages. Thank wow. you so much for helping our daddy. And wow. now he's you know, a couple months sober, and he's doing the deal. And uh, he's working through his character defects and doing the step work and you know, has his own higher power and slowly but surely getting his life in order. And uh, you don't want your old life. You want a new life. Yeah. Mm, so powerful. So um, we're excited. We're honored that uh, you accepted our ask of, of being our, our charity, you know, for our event for Faith Over Fear Business Summit. If you, I'll give you a couple things here. Uh, if you uh, don't have your ticket and you want to come meet Darren and meet some of the other speakers, we have, you know, John Maxwell's our keynote speaker. Uh, we have our good friend Tom Chenald on here, uh, who's also a speaker. Um, you know, head over to faithoverfearlive.com. And then also, if they want to learn more about your charity, where, where do they go for that? The aiming, it's aiminghighfoundation.org. Aiminghighfoundation.org. And so whether you're going to the event or not, if this resonates with you, and I, I hope you are going to the event, but if you, whether you're going to the event or not, check out his charity, right? And, you know, I, I really believe I, I you know, I, I recently saw the, you know, the movie Sound of Freedom. Have you seen that? No, yeah. I, I, I've yeah. heard of it. No, it's, yeah. a tough, it's a tough one, right? It's yeah. all about, you know, sex trafficking, child trafficking, human trafficking. Yeah. And, um, and at the end of the movie, I was I, I, I had one question. Right. And, uh, and that is, what can I do to help this? And what I can personally do is use my platform to help more good people make more money so that they can fund the causes that need to be funded, that the politicians aren't going to figure out, that other people aren't going to figure out, that us as entrepreneurs, people in sales and business owners, we're the ones that are going to figure these things out. We're the ones that's going to fund these causes. And, and so I just feel very you know strongly about you know helping the causes that resonate with you and that God will give you the provisions for your visions. If you have a vision of helping people in a tough situation, whether it's drug overdose or trafficking or, or whatever, then step up and learn the skills to grow a profitable business so that you can fund them. So you can be rich in good deeds. So you can have a bigger purpose, um, just like Darren is displaying here. Right. And so 100%. it's really commendable, man. I'm really, I'm really excited to hang out with you, man. And uh, excited to have you at the event. It's going to be amazing. Well, thanks again. I'm honored as well. And uh, looking forward to hearing all the great speakers and, uh, you know, I think each and every one of us will have our own impact on some people's lives 
throughout the, the three day uh, event. It's going to be, you know, incredible. Yeah, for sure, man. Because there, there are people that resonate with your story that won't with mine and, and vice versa. And vice versa. And, and so, and that's true of everyone, every single person on here, you've overcome something that can help someone if they knew you overcame it. And okay. so come meet, come meet Darren, come meet our other speakers. Uh, thank you for your time, Darren. I know you're in demand. I know you've got 50 celebrities all around you all the time. <laughs> And so I uh, just appreciate you, brother. I'm excited to see you. Thanks, man. You too. Thank you for listening to Home Business Profits with Ray Higdon. And be sure to head over to rayhigdon.com forward slash profits to download your free audio where Ray shares his 29 sources of network marketing leads. Tune in next time for more tips and strategies on how to become a top earner in your company. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.